This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. woke me up at like six o'clock on a Saturday and they would not let me go back to sleep even though I fed him because he's a jerk um and so of course I get on to the doom scroll that we know as Facebook mm-hmm. and actually I think I found it on Twitter if I'm honest I don't remember it might have been Facebook but whatever it was it was uh it's all Chadwick very, very Bozeman. Bad. it was Chadwick Bozeman, and he was like surprising people who were talking to, about how like how important uh, Black Panther was to them in their lives and how important uh, that representation was. And I'm telling you, when I say I was sobbing, I was like guffawing for like breaths. I was like, <laughs> I watched that oh. back when it came out. I think oh. I shared it to my Facebook because that came out back yeah, when Black Panther ago. came out. So yeah. like 2016 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shared that to my Facebook at the time. And I, I, I've been having a really difficult emotional day. I've just talked to you guys completely about about that. And I do think that the thing that pushed me over the edge finally was Chadwick Boseman dying. Oh, yes. I, I think it really did like completely push me over the edge just like looking at um, all of the posts that were made and just seeing a lot of these like black people that I follow being broken and it seems so strange that this should be the thing that breaks us but i think it's just like how much he was a superhero right yeah yeah and it just feels like how much more can one community or like one culture take in a year at a time when Mm. we are already like stretched so thin and pushed so hard and i remember saying when black panther came out that i was so excited when I went and I saw it in theaters and whenever I came home, I remember saying all my life I wanted to be whiter and this movie made me mm-hmm. want to be blacker. Like it made me mm-hmm. so proud of my heritage and so many people felt that way. Mm-hmm. And so his loss at this time was just really, really hard, I think, on a lot of people. And I remember that video specifically was mm-hmm. I shared it because I was just like, it's so I true. Like I remembered seeing it before. So I had to have seen it on your thing. But I just for some reason today, like after hearing that yeah. news last night and then seeing that this morning, just fucking it hit me in the gut like a punch. I was just, and I'm literally just fucking sobbing, like crying this morning, just watching this fucking video. And I'm just like, you're right. And and I guess, I, I mean, I'm just some white girl. So I mean, like, I don't, I can't <laughs> speak to it from a proud point, but I, I just, it, it struck me like what a loss this was for the community because of how powerful the character that he portrayed, yeah. how, how powerful, not only that, but if you think about, he's been dealing with this for four years. Yeah. You're a superhero, not just in what you portrayed on screen, but that you went through filming this, like, and doing this behind the scenes with, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. He also, <sighs> like, took time to, like, visit terminally ill 
um, kids with, with cancer. And it's just, so it's not just the, the whole Black Panther thing. It's like he was a superhero sure. in real life, too, you know? Um, yeah. Well, at any time something like this happens where you don't know he's ill and he's so young, Mm -hmm. it feels incredibly shocking because the relationship between people and celebrities is Mm. so strange because you do feel like you know them. And so whenever something like this happens, it is so shocking because you didn't have time to prepare. It's not like you right, knew he right. was sick. It's not like if Alex Trebek, God bless him, knock on wood, I hope nothing bad happens to him. But it's not like if Alex Trebek were to pass away where sure. we've had months and months of knowing that he's struggling with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, we none of us knew. So we, you know, were together last night when we got the text from my uh, from my boyfriend, like people don't know him, uh, from <laughs> Anthony you know, saying that Chadwick Boseman passed away, we were all shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it mm. is shocking. 43, yeah. you know, it's... Baby. It's it's also, like, it's difficult to recognize. I'm like, that's not that much older than I am, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just like, just, I guess, it, it makes you thankful for your health and everything, if, if nothing else, this year um, with as incredibly terrible and painful and scary as it's been, there's also been moments where I've been like brought to my knees with gratitude of the Uh things that I think day to day that I've taken for granted. Um, My health being one of them, you Mm -hmm. know, the ability to start running and stuff again and feeling in my body has been something that the last couple of weeks I've been like, holy shit, I'm so thankful to be healthy mm-hmm. it's something i take for granted day in and day out and there are you know way more things i'm like i'm so thankful to have a job right now i'm so thankful to have a roof over my head there's uh these overwhelming feelings of gratitude that that 2020 is at least unearthed in my life mm-hmm. me too and on top of that this year i feel like i because things have been so out of the norm, I made it a point to start a path or start a journey for myself to recognize those things that I am grateful for and acknowledge those things. And it will, it can really change your life. Mm -hmm. If just that one little thing, if you every morning write down or even just think in your head, a couple of things that you have to be grateful for, it it really does make you a more positive person. Well, it's because media wants you to be afraid. They want you mm-hmm. to be sad. They want you to be angry. They profit off of it. They're they're putting they're putting all these negative emotions out there, and it's so difficult to remember that there are baby goats and <laughs> <laughs> that there are like sunny days, and that there yeah. are. I mean, yes, of course there are, is terrible fucking shit going down now and i don't mean to diminish it whatsoever by saying like you know find silver linings when you can but you kind of have to do that to protect your mental state yeah you have to it's not um I, i think it's important to recognize that you can't do the work that you need to do to undo the bad shit 
if you are completely exhausted Mm -hmm. and if you are completely mentally drained and spent, you can't do the stuff that you need to do because depression will knock you on your ass and then you can't get up and do anything. Mm -hmm. So you need to like acknowledge those good things so that you can be present in this movement or any movement at all. Yeah. And to bring it back to dating and stuff too, I mean, yes, our podcast is called My Worst Date. We share nothing but (laughs) terrible, terrible dating stories, but they're not all bad. We've all gone on some really great Mm -hmm. dates too. You know, maybe they haven't all worked out, but, and you know, like- No, they don't all need to, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I also think that like, even the bad dates, I think an overarching theme of our podcast is that- A lot of times, look, occasionally we get a bad date where I'm like, that did nothing for you. I'm so sorry. But (laughs) there was not a learning lesson there. Most of the time, I feel like there are lessons to be learned uh, that that teach you something about yourself or something about what you want in a partner Mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's like sharing sharing the the ideas, you know, hey, this happened to me on a bad day. Beware or like just even just some of the things I think that are, you know, we can learn from each other's experiences you know yes absolutely yeah i mean that's part of what a community is yeah is being able to be there for each other pass along ideas and tips village yeah it does it does we're your your dating village yeah (laughs) yes welcome to my worst dating village Uh, i'm cassie (laughs) how are we doing this i'm keegan (laughs) i'm christina oh jeez Oh, so so I need to talk to you guys about, I know that I mentioned it to you briefly before, but before I got off of Facebook, um, somebody had shared to, the the one thing that I truly miss from Facebook is is our group. I've said this before because I was back on Facebook for like a second and then I'm back off of it. But someone shared in our Facebook group that... (laughs) Jordan Sparks came out and said that Jason Derulo <laughs> screams his name during sex. Oh. And I just think that that's the funniest. I, it's the could funniest thing of all time. If Anthony I, was like, Anthony Marquez. I, I, <laughs> I, I cannot. And also, no. like, it makes me think of, like, do you think, like, DJ Khaled is like, you the best music, like, in the middle. <laughs> oh, like, DJ what, what else is there? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Oh. And another one. Oh. And another and one. Another one. <laughs> like when he's coming, you're like, oh. ah, no. Oh. I told you guys there's that TikTok. <laughs> I have to find it for you where this guy ranks all the times that Jason Gerulo says his name, like in songs. Like, Amazing. So he ranks them like the top 10. It's you so know what? funny. It, that's already weird. And I don't know why I didn't like really register how weird that actually is yeah. that he sings his name that's like his signature that he puts on songs i mean but if you were a singer can you imagine saying your own name in your song it feels weird no i, I well i mean if, i think if it's even thing, weirder if it's during sex is bed. weirder. yeah oh, way that's way, way weirder. weirder yeah that's because it, it, no it's comparison. your signature for your song it, it's weird but i'm like all right it, if somebody said their own name in for any reason, if anybody listening to this podcast has a story where they were oh my God. sleeping with somebody and they said their own name during sex, that's, especially if it's first and last, oh, I want so to hear about bizarre. it. Bizarre, or is it somebody else's name? Well, I feel like that happens. Yeah, but 
we haven't had a story like that, and I feel like we need one. <laughs> I said someone else's name during sex before. No, you did yes, not. Yes, I did. Yeah. She Ooh, shared it on the podcast. That's great. Like I, yeah, that's I feel right. Like I that's right. This. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, oh, no, I, I have. And yeah, it's it's embarrassing. It's not fun. Then you have to like explain yourself. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> the only way, and we know somebody who did this, which is the only reason why I would even think about this, and the fact that I have a unisex name, but we do have a friend who dated or went on a date with a guy who she had somebody with her the same name, same name <laughs> so that she could say her own name during sex. So that might be wow. the only acceptable. The only acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> like if, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's ever something I've done. Maybe I need to think about it. I don't think you, I've ever never said to Chris. I've never called out. A dude's name. I don't think I've ever said a, da- a dude's name out loud either. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I just, I guess it's not in me to be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know names. I don't know. And I think it gets weirder. Like the longer you date somebody, the less you hear your own <laughs> yeah. name and the less you say their name. So it's yeah. like really I, I weird when like... Eric's like, Christina, I'm like, what? What? Am like, I in trouble? I know. Yeah. Chris does that to me. And he's like, Cassie, I'm like, what are you saying to me? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, and the longer you go in a really, I feel like there's a couple things here. It depends on the name because there yeah. are certain names that are just cumbersome during the rhythm <laughs> of sex. Like you can't bring them up. It's it's too much. Christina it's too hard. So many syllables. It's too many syllables. Too many syllables. It's not going to work. Um, and secondly, like the longer you go in a relationship without, like it's not something that you introduce. Mm into yeah. sex like after you've been together for a couple of years like it's something that i feel like you have to start doing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the beginning yeah oh that's yeah <laughs> i Brilliant. what would you do if you were having sex with jason duolio and he did that i uh, i don't know i didn't I, mean, I don't know i don't know probably probably finish and ghost him yeah <laughs> talk about it on the podcast <laughs> Dude, this guy that I was dating, he said his name, <laughs> his own name. But I wonder if he's name. saying it. And it's like a full name. No, it's, it's a just... first and last, which is really weird. And did he sing it? Did he sing it? Did he scream it? Did he just say it quietly? Like what? Oh. I want to know how this occurred. Just, Jason Delarue. Just That's even worse. Just yeah. a whisper just like real whisper. close to the ear. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> no. Dude, the other thing that you're really missing from Facebook right now, which... Uh, no stay off but and i'll just share them with you but um the wedding shaming group there was literally a wedding shaming post with a wedding that was full balloons i know i i did see that before i left facebook i almost tagged you in it and you know better i knew better because i was like this might actually give cassie nightmares so if you are a newer listener cassie has full balloon phobia i don't know what the technical term i'm sure there is one it's got to be a technical term for this a hundred percent there is one it's gotta be like a yeah some kind of phobia yeah yeah and you for real have it bad like when we were on the cruise there was there was a balloon drop on the last night of the cruise and so there was a big net up full of balloons and we were in the lobby area and cassie looked up at this net and she was like let's look at the schedule what time is the balloon drop we need to be 
out of here a full hour before the balloons drop. <laughs> full hour. Just in case there's a mistake. In case like a, a rope slips or some <laughs> shit. I was like, God. Oh. And this was a full wedding. Like her wedding dress. Her wedding dress was made of like baby balloons. Ew. It looked like goddamn and condoms. impractical. And smelly. And oh my like. God. Un- yeah. That's what I like- said. I can Ugh. smell that wedding. It smells like a latex glove. And why? Uh, also, Ugh. like, I just, I don't understand the reasoning. Because I'm like, it's not comfortable. You can't sit down. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They just thought it was cool. How much money did they spend on balloons? Because it was a lot. I mean, it had to have been like thousands. It was floor to ceiling decorated balloons. Like the entire wall was covered. And, and then the they're decorated. fuck put those balloons up? Uh, oh, dude. my God. That is my Imagine nightmare. it is. I, that's why it said I was like, "This is my goddamn nightmare." Like, who does it's this? Globophobia. Globophobia. Oh. Well, there you go. All right, here it is. There I fully go. have that. I'm. Am I red right now? Like, I feel like I'm red right now. Yeah, God. I mean, <laughs> I feel like when we've talked about your balloon phobia, uh, on in the past on the podcast, I've brought this up to you, but I always think about this because there's like balloon phobias like yours. And then there's the guy on My Strange Addiction oh my God, who, like, who just has like, he's like sexually attracted to balloons. Can you imagine so, that's what? your guess? Yeah. Oh, have I not talked about this? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy on My Strange Addiction. He's like an older, an older man. I was going to say gentleman, but it feels weird in this context. Uh, an older <laughs> man who like he There was is- a real sex about this. Uh, oh, was there? I never yeah. saw that one. But he is like sexually attracted to balloons. And he like would explain like different colors, like red ones are like really hot to him. <laughs> and he like had a relationship. He was either married or like or something. What and happens she was when like pop or deflate. Uh, no, he likes anything. it. He likes the popping. Yeah, he likes the sound of the popping. And he had an entire room. Like, this poor woman, I don't know if she was married to him or what, but, like, she was like, I need you to deal with this because there was, like, a whole room in their house that they couldn't use. Oh, no. Because it was, like, his balloon room. It was just floor to ceiling. Mm-mm. Cassie's losing her fucking mind. She hates you this conversation. devote an entire room oh, to I'm sweating your partner's. So fetish <gasps> no yeah like one that you're not even participating in because like right. she was like i don't give a shit about the mm-hmm. balloons <laughs> yeah that's what always mm. weirds me out when you watch like um shows like like my strange addiction or um hoarders or whatever where it's like <sighs> the person who doesn't have that affliction that's married to them and i'm yeah. just like oh my god dude i feel so like hard. maybe Maybe my commitment isn't strong enough because I feel like I would later. uh, Some of these episodes of Hoarders, I'm like, I would have been gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The second we started shitting into plastic bags and putting it into the (laughs) closet, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh like that. And I I think we pride ourselves on not yucking yums and fetishes. And but this is one just because of my own personal just real absolute (laughs) terror of balloons. I just I can't get behind. And look, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. There is. There is a it, Beth for your dog. Yeah, a dog I mean, for and your it's, Beth, it's like. not your wife because she's not into it. But, um, but exactly, like, I don't give a shit about balloons. So I'm like, if you want to fuck around with balloons and have a whole room dedicated to them, you're not hurting anyone. I don't 
really care. It's only an issue when it becomes like a problem within your relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you can't, I don't consent to this. If you can't manage your relationships because of balloons, a fetish, or any anything, True. You know, yeah, it's like that's. That's an issue that you should explore. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's that's what's, you know, like the whole like porn addiction and stuff too. It's like any, any fetish, I I don't yuck anybody's yum either. And it's like, yeah, play around, get consent, do, do you, whatever. But when it starts like getting in between where it's like becomes solitary and it it drives a wedge mm-hmm. in between your real life human relationships, then I think it's mm-hmm. a problem. Right. When you're right. choosing this thing over nurturing relationships that you actually have right. in your real life, I think that that's an issue, you know? I don't know. Oof. <sighs> that was a Spe- fun beginning. Speaking nice of opener. <laughs> speaking of porn, I really, Cassie, I, yeah. I hate to ask you this, but okay. part of me was thinking about this. Uh, at some point today, I don't know why it popped in my head, but you've really, um, you've really got me with the invisible dog oh. in, <laughs> in your romance novel. Oh so, God. listeners, Cassie texts us about this romance novel she's been reading. She's on like chapter fifty-one of Which it. Which is, by the way, unless oh. that's the last chapter, it's that's close. too many chapters for a romance it's, novel. It I'm was like, like eighty-two percent of the way through because I was on Kindle, and Kindle like lets you know like where you are percentage-wise through the book. And I only happened to look because I was like, I need 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 to know how far I fucking read this book to find this out. So. Okay, so I I like an alpha male character. I like a I I, I change my themes occasionally, but I do like I'll I'll vary between like something fun and kind of rom com y or mm-hmm. something really dark and BDSM or you know I I just it's fun like I like to explore right. it. but I am the person too who's like life is too short to finish a book I'm not enjoying so if I get like. Part, even part of the way through it, I'm not going to force myself to read a book that's meant to be for pleasure and fun. I'm just not like, right, that's just not yeah. what I'm about. Yeah. But so this book, I'm like enjoying it. I, I'm not like, I'm not like going to dear diary. This is the best book I've ever read or like, write Like a, a thesis paper on it. It's it's fine. Like it's literally like just, it's okay. It's a dear okay book. Diary. <laughs> you guys don't have a, yeah, a I, I don't have a diary that I, I journal yeah. all of my favorite books. I'm like, uh, hold on. I have to stop right mid sentence. in my diary. I've got to go jot this down. <laughs> BRB. So yeah, like it's not okay. So like the book itself was like it, it's a enemies to lovers which kind of I thing, love which that I theme. love. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. an enemies to lovers. So it's going along and it's fine. And it's going from like perspective to perspective, right? So it's like female perspective, male perspective, back and forth throughout the whole book. And it's just rolling along. Well, in the male's perspective, he talks a lot, uh, not a lot, not even a lot. Like he talks about like his dog, Max, and Max is like, <laughs> you know, like just kind of like, it's not even a character. It's just that the Max can go in places with him. Um, you know, he takes Max everywhere with him. Max likes to chase squirrels. It's just like a very small, like little drops of this dog. And and, and honestly, you wouldn't even consider thinking about it twice until eighty two percent of the way through the book. 
it's at that climax part of the book where they've been torn apart because, you know, something bad happened. And then so now they're trying to come back together and she's meeting him in his office and she he looks over to his dog and he's like, Max, go get her. Like he's like doesn't want her to leave. So he's like, Max, get her. Take her by the hem of the skirt, like to his dog. Right. Which and is a she, weird thing to say to a real dog. Thank you. Right. As well. Like, but then she turns around and she's like, what? are you talking about? And he's like, it's my imaginary fucking dog. There's so much to unpack. I'm still mad. No, Cassie, you texted, <laughs> wait, dot, 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 dot. Did I just almost finish this fucking smut book and just find out that dude's dog is imaginary? What? <laughs> and the dog is a minor aside to the story. What yeah. in the actual fuck? It's not like, like a main point what? or well, purpose. He, it's a very odd choice for it's, this character to be aware also that the dog is imaginary because he says the words, that's my imaginary dog, Max. Uh, uh, is that worse or better than not knowing? I I, 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 I don't almost know. feel like I would be like, well, if you really think that this dog is real, then you know what? We'll take you to the doctor. We'll get you on some medication. But mm-hmm. you being a grown adult man who I assume has like a job and shit mm-hmm. and yep. you just mm-hmm. know. Big CEO billionaire. You that, know. That you have an imaginary dog is. It's wild. Almost worse. It's I, wild. I don't know what I would do if I was that girl. Leave. Oh, no. Well, you know what it's they did so do because weird. it's a smut book. She she has like a moment where she sees him for who his vulnerable self Shut is. Shut your fucking and mouth. And they're going to have sex. No, of course they no are. No woman and in I the world I literally was like, I cannot. There's not a fucking ounce of me that wants to finish this book right now. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I, I, I really L-U-T. don't think that but, I would sleep with someone right after that. Why? I, Why I, does he have an imaginary dog? Well, Cassie, had... I need you to find out. Okay, yeah, so... we're gonna need you to finish the book. Okay, for so us. like, no, I I know why he's damaged, right? So he's a damaged billionaire, and he oh, and these this is the way the writer seven. decided to manifest yeah. his damage was through an imaginary dog, a yeah. thing that that is okay. Wait, and and <laughs> but this is why they're enemies to lovers is because she goes after her specifically because it's her father that was part of him being kidnapped for three weeks what? with these other kids, <laughs> and I'm like, it is wild. And Sorry. listen, 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 listen. He's Did so I fucked write up this over these book three. When I was drunk, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a creative writing project that I had when I was 14. Like I'm, I know. <laughs> Kidnapped. <laughs> oh kidnapped. man, Kelly, new, boobies and newbies. Please tell I her. I got a book warn for her. you. Yes. Warn her before yes. she chooses to Ooh. do this for her podcast. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call out the name of the book. Oh. I'm reading a good one right now. I had to get. I had to cleanse my palate. That mm. was yikes. wait. But I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish. <laughs> what does the, the childhood kidnapping have to do with the dog? I I guess that he has manifested this dog into a something he can. Tra- I don't fucking okay, know. You like need it's therapy, the most sir. Stretchiest stretch of shit. And the thing of it is, too, is like he goes after this girl. Okay, this girl thinks her dad is dead. Has been living in homes since she was like a te- like a teenager with her sister, who's like dying of like some sort of 
heart thing. And it's like, but he, you you have a fucking imaginary dog because of the three weeks you spent. I feel like I feel like he's the fucking worst. So really bad. tried to put everything they could wow. think of into this book. They were like, what? Uh, how much trauma can I fit into one book about fucking? It's a lot. Like, yes, exactly. Lot. I'm just like, I, I will tell you, you don't have to the, justify fucking. The next book that fuck. I picked, I literally went through down to check out the like star reviews and the first two reviews had two stars and it said too much sex and I was like, perfect, purchase. <laughs> Like, it's like I'll pa- fucking need page, your story. Page two, they get right to fucking. You're like, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of disappointed because it's not. It's actually got a story behind it. I was like, ugh, whatever. It's actually got a story. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe there's a plot. How dare you? Well, at least it's not that plot. That plot was. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like shark. It sounds like I would need one of those boards with like red string to keep track of I, of that plot. Like I'm, I don't know what's happening. How are they connected? What was the dad's role? Yes, mm, exactly that. That's exactly that's so extra. It's extra, extra, extra. exactly. <laughs> I want one of those things now for our podcast where I could press a button and it just like does that <laughs> extra. <laughs> I think we might get sued for that. I know, totally. They probably, they probably don't allow that. They're like, we do not, we do not condone or Does affiliate extra ourselves still with this. Exist? I don't know. If not, then they can go fuck themselves. Wow, we'll just take right. it. Wow, exactly. I was so I loved doing this podcast with you guys. Uh, I don't think they have that kind of power. But. Extra doesn't have that kind of power. Come on, yeah. Dude, There's somebody who works at Extra right now, just crying, listening. Does Inside <laughs> Edition still exist, or did TMZ so. put them out? I think they've been gone for a while. Inside Edition was like the like after school or like after dinner shit. Yep. Every night. Was scandalous. And it was. It was like the star magazine of Yeah, I feel like TMZ and like all of those quote unquote news programs on e news mm-hmm. probably yeah. put put those things out of business. Things I think like, still like entertainment tonight. Yeah, I feel like that probably does exist still. I remember that. Oh my god! What was that girl's name? Mary Hearts. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think that's where we got our vacuuming grass from. Yes. From our entertainment tonight background. I tell you, somebody was listening to WAP like high volume. I'm sitting in my on my couch, like just chilling at home, and I think I hear Cardi B, and I'm like, is that? WAP and I go over to the window and I'm like somebody is playing WAP like maximum volume Amazing. in my apartment complex Getting and it. I think it's coming from my neighbors which made me laugh so hard because it's like an old guy and his son Amazing. and I'm like are you guys just at home just <laughs> listening to Megan the Stallion like <laughs> Getting it. it's the song of the summer it's I told you guys too hot. I actually think the clean edit is is dirtier I really? wet and yeah. gushy. Wet, uh, no, no. Can you I don't imagine like that. calling Nothing. anyone? I don't know if there's much that would make me feel less wet and gushy than if somebody <laughs> actually called it gushy. I hate that. I'm like, I'm more comfortable saying pussy, yeah, than I am saying gush. Ew. Gushy. It's not, it is gross. It's, it's, it reminds mm, me of gushers. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I sent you guys that video of I, I started doing sometimes on my rest days. I'll do uh, the fitness marshal, which yeah. I highly recommend. They're so fun. They're just like dance. You know, he does like dance videos, and you dance along, and they're super fun. But he did a video of him doing an entire dance routine for his mom on Facetime to Oh my god, the clean that was edit, hilarious, <laughs> and she's so completely unamused and she's like I don't understand what that means and he and that's what he says he's like wet and gushy like a gusher or a starburst and I'm like oh, oh. no nope. <laughs> nope. nope no no thank you no. you guys speaking of like crazy shit like that that's like um it reminded me of Mary Hart is uh, a one of the a girl I went to high school with posted something the other day that was like 2020 is brought to you by and it was like did you guys ever watch days of our lives occasionally it was yeah, uh Demero or whatever his name is the uh the bad guy like who's always oh yes yeah oh he yes. was like always in control of all the bad shit that was happening <laughs> he was like the mafia guy or whatever i was cracking up laughing i i saw one that it was a tiktok somebody made god bless tiktok i saw a tiktok somebody made and it was like the guy who was in charge of our simulation. And it's like a guy with like a coffee on a computer. And then he like slips and oh, like no. spills coffee all over the computer. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's like trying to dry the computer off. He's like, oh, no. And like, that's exactly what happened. So yeah, we had some incompetent there person. There it is. Oh controlling God. our simulation <laughs> that's what i'm loving about tiktok honestly i really am like people are so fucking funny they really so are creative so like, creative really. yeah yeah Ooh, well, who should we fuck mary kill this week hmm. you know what'd be funny is to do like did we ever do like old daytime shock sh- it just reminded me of like mary hart and then sweeping the grass and like old school like do we ever do like geraldo and like Phil. Oh, oh my What was his name? God. Phil Donahue. Oh, my God. Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael. What about... Uh, uh, what was Ricky the, Lake. Ricky Lake. That's what yes. I was thinking of. Jenny oh my Jones. God. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, you have Jerry Maury Springer. Povich. Maury Povich. Mm. We should do that. Maury Povich. Oh, Geraldo. Montel Williams. Oh. oh. I think we should do Jerry Springer. Okay. I think we should do Geraldo. Maury for sure. Maury. Maury. Yeah. All right. Those three are fine. Let's. Maury, look, here's the deal. Yeah. I watched Maury like well into my 20s because when I first got my own apartment, (laughs) I got my own apartment, um, like tiny little place. I was living by myself for the only time I ever lived completely on my own. And I didn't have cable (laughs) i didn't have like anything so i had bunny ears Mm -hmm. like i had like actual bunny ears and it picked up like three stations and i worked like early in the morning and i was off work at like four so when i came home and i turned on my tv maury was on and so i watched maury like every single day (laughs) yeah yeah you are not the father (laughs) <laughs> oh my oh. god oh my god okay so All we've right. got um maury, maury jerry jerry springer and geraldo, geraldo. oh i know what I, I know what i'm doing okay i know what i'm doing okay i think i know too i'm killing geraldo He's, there is no other answer. There is Wait. no other answer. I think answer. you're right. Oh, okay. I, right. I looked at Cassie because no, I wasn't sure. No, I think sure. you're right. Yeah. I you got to be That it. mustache's got to go. 
Yeah. He's he's awful. He's smarmy. He is. I, I mean, they're all when like, he opened a that fucking in their own thing. Own way, and there was not a goddamn thing in it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> It was so Sorry. funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, you gotta you gotta kill him. That that's yeah. that's a smarmy slick I mean, he's he's texting other girls on the side. Oh, hundred. He thinks working he's the late. shit. Yes. yes. Yeah, and awful. he's gonna talk down to you. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. he's, he's gonna, gonna um actually um actually he's gonna mansplain you till the cows come home. I don't. I'm a hundred percent not into it. In fact, I don't understand how he got famous in the first place. Because I'm gonna make a new Christmas movie this year starring Geraldo and call it um actually. Uh, I hate it. But sorry. And then <laughs> I am going to marry. Jerry Springer. Whoa. Whoa. How dare you do that? Wow. <laughs> yes. That's, Why? that's a hot take. I don't understand. Because I think that I, I always really liked, and you, y'all can make fun of me, but his closing oh, statement. <laughs> oh, God. How he was like Jerry that, says or whatever. Yeah, his closing <laughs> statement was always really thoughtful, and I think it belied. He didn't write those, very, Christina. Like, well, maybe you don't know he didn't write them. <laughs> Where I'm like, maybe he's he a very a mayor, thoughtful right? individual. He has. He a was the mayor of soul. Cincinnati. What? Yeah. Wait, you didn't know this? What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't really no, know? That? I didn't know that. Oh, oh. no! Oh, God, it's political. I, what a mess. Yeah, I, I think, I honestly think, you know. It's his job aside that maybe he'd be a very thoughtful, compassionate. I bet he would be. What you got like, against Maury, girl? I'm no, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going <laughs> to fuck him. I think Maury's kind of. I think Maury's kind of hot. hot. Yeah, I agree. So He's I'm, married to. Uh, Connie Chung. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And they've been married for a long Forever. time. Ever. He loyal. Yeah. yeah. I like that it. man is loyal. Yeah. I'm I- like, he's got, he's got Maury money. And <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah, yeah, there's something about him that's just like, I mean, he he looks like he'd be a freak in bed. He's got the most sex appeal, I will say, yeah, out of those sure. three. Yeah. I, Geraldo thinks he has the most sex appeal, oh, but gross. he does not. Yeah. Um, I bet you Geraldo likes a lot of like baby oil. Like he looks like he would be mm. like slippery Ew. like a dolphin, you know? <laughs> I don't like it. Um, okay. <laughs> like a dolphin. <laughs> I, respect, I respect you, Christina, and I respect your decision. Right. Um, because you know what? We don't know Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. And like maybe he's actually like a super nice dude. We don't know. Um, I am going to fuck Jerry Springer. Because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, same. Why not? Uh, why not? I, I, You know, aside from the fact that, yes, his show is garbage and yeah. promoted a lot of like shitty stuff. But, Real I mean, shitty. Really, a lot of all these of shows did. did. All of yeah. them did. So aside from that, I mean, I have... Nothing against Jerry Springer, really. Um, so I'll fuck Jerry Springer, and I'm gonna marry Maury. There's yeah. something like that, I, that, I don't know. There's something it's more genuine. It feels like, like, doesn't it feel like he, you know, he 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 does that show, and you know, he hates himself for it a right? little like, bit. He's a little self loathing. Isn't Connie bet- Chung like an actual journalist? Yes, yes. <laughs> I bet you Maury Povich grew up wanting to be Walter Cronkite. And there's Aww. a little bit of self-hating in him. And he that is not a fun person to be married to. Because well, Maury know. Povich seems like he's somebody that had aspirations to be like Dan Rather 
wants Walter seem, Cronkite. Like, I agree I, he with you. Seem pissy though, like he doesn't seem angry. You I, just know you like you feel him roll his eyes at his own show. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's how I feel about I it. I feel like if I feel like I might be inclined to agree with you if he hadn't had a if he hadn't had a successful marriage to Connie Chung for so long, right? Because so, like he's he's managed to be kind of the like less serious in the pairing for like thirty years or something. I bet they'd be fun at a party, wouldn't they? They probably would. I bet be they put fun. on a really yeah. nice cocktail party. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They're like I feel like the Connie Chung Mori party is the party that you think is respectable and mm-hmm. then like after a couple bottles of mm-hmm. wine it, it turns gets into a, little, a key party. Like yeah. eyes wide <laughs> shut. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Titties come out. You're like, God damn. <laughs> You're like, God, Connie, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. I, and it, so I, I kind of feel like maybe Mori maybe he had aspirations of being Walter Cronkite, but now he's in this place where he's like Man, what I work a couple hours, yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. Is I, I get to fucking kick it in my giant ass house with yeah, my super it's not successful like he's wife. Stressed yeah. out, taking work home with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like true. Yeah, deuces. You are not the father. <laughs> Good night, Bye. And also, not my problem. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stir the pot and walk away. See you later. That's what all those shows do. It was literally the beginning of our vacuuming grass era. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. oh man. I'm doing the same as you, Keegan. Absolutely saying. Like honestly, first and foremost, yeah. I'm sorry, Geraldo. You gotta go. Yeah. Your dick is dirty. Yeah. I believe it. Ugh, covered um, in baby oil. Dolphin roll. Dear diary. Mary and Maury. (laughs) Dear diary, I'm going to marry Maury. (laughs) In my mash game, I marry Maury. (laughs) And I am going to fuck Jerry. Yeah, just get it over with, honestly. I I don't think he's going to be good, but I I can't. I really don't think he is either. I I, I don't have like a sexual... I don't feel a sexual energy coming out of Jerry Springer. Like there's like a weird sexual energy that comes out of Maury. But I'm like, I don't know where that's Mm -hmm. coming from, but there's Mm -hmm. an aura. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like Jerry would would be like a marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's soft. Soft. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you know what? I bet you he's going to try hard, though. I bet you he's a really sweet granddad. I bet he's a good. Yeah, I bet he's. I bet he likes to make love. Oh, I just gagged. Nice. Uh, All right. Well, that was gross. Yeah. Glad we got to do that. (laughs) Uh, You guys want to take five and then we'll come back with stories? We actually have to announce that we have a new Patreon patron. So first we'll do that. We also have a winner for our duffel bag. Um, For our tote bag. Yes. I'm sorry. Duffel bag. Jeez, I wish. uh, Her tote bag for the five word story. Um, And it's Michelle. So congratulations, Michelle. We're not saying last names. Um, But we will get that to you soon. We'll be reaching out to you very soon. Speaking of Michelle's, though, I do want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Michelle Church, who is a listener and is big on our Facebook group, um, who does live in Lake Charles in uh, Louisiana, which just got hit by a big hurricane. Category four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, her apartment complex got pretty wrecked. And mm. I know that her her unit specifically was not damaged specifically, but the units around her, there was a lot of damage in the area. And I just want to shout out anybody that's in Texas and in Louisiana right now, because I know that you guys 
are dealing with that and uh, we're our thoughts are with you and we're thinking of you at this time. I can't imagine going through something like that, especially at this time when everybody is already going through it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we're, we're thinking about you. Right. I mean, think about like you're in, everybody's quarantining, everybody's, you know, People are already out of work. And you're having to go to stay in a hotel. It's it's terrible. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, But I do want to give a shout out to our new patron, Kylie McKee. We are so excited to have you. Uh, We are working on some new Patreon stuff. So we have stuff coming uh, down the... Is it Pike? I always feel like I don't know what to say there. Is it Pike Mm -hmm. or Pipe? Mm. Doesn't matter. It's on its way yeah. is what I'm trying to <laughs> it's say. It's coming down the thing and it's coming to you. Yeah. So uh, we are working on some stuff. This pandemic, you know, we had a whole discussion about how like when it first happened, I think for us, it was easy for us to kind of hit the pause on the podcast because we're like, we're only going to be doing this for a couple months. We're going to be right back into it. Uh, so it- it's going to be fine. So. Right. Of course, that wasn't the case. And, <laughs> and here, here we, we are, are six months later. So we're do all these things. And soon as this ends. <laughs> right. So we are just going to move forward with our plans and come up with new plans. And so if it feels like we haven't been doing a lot of new stuff, we know <laughs> we're sorry. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're getting it we're, to you. We're actually all not just working on it. We're working on ourselves, too. We're all working out. So we're all like feeling our bodies and feeling good about ourselves again. So giving more <laughs> mental energy That's to come right. up with ideas, man. <laughs> we're getting yes. it. <laughs> the n- new normal, TM. Yeah. Also, just a quick shout out to um, some of the worsties on the Facebook group who have also been starting uh chloe ting challenges as well wow. yeah <laughs> i'm so stoked i was i actually shared my uh day one and day 12 picture with a couple people because i think like for me i was in that place where i was like mm, i don't know if i feel it or whatever and and then i was like oh that before after picture there it yeah, is Yeah, i encourage people yeah. really like especially if they're doing this program i can't speak to like everything else but for me don't weigh yourself like that's not a good measure of like your progress because you might gain weight. Your weight might stay the same because yeah, right. you're gaining muscle and stuff. But but you can see it. Do the before and after pictures. If you're feeling confident with numbers, do the measurements because that's where you're going to see like changes. If that's what you're if you're doing mm-hmm. it for aesthetic reasons, which is not the only reason to work out, you know, but if you are, you know. It's a good way to measure your progress. Don't get caught up with what's on the scale. I'm mm-hmm. not weighing myself. I've made a commitment to myself not to weigh myself. So, awesome. Yeah, same, same here. Well, you guys, now we can take five and come back with stories. We can. I'll allow it. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off with stories this week. And this one <laughs> was submitted to us by a listener in our email. And the subject line is cause of death, cringe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which I love. It's it's very shame receipt Oh, perfect. I love a shame receipt. So she says, hi, Worsties. I very recently found your podcast and have been binge listening and telling everyone I know to do the same. Yay! I- <laughs> Yay! I cannot get enough, so thank you for all the snort laughs, as undignified as they are. Amazing. 
<laughs> this story happened when I was in uni. I was probably 19 at the time. Now, at 30, I still occasionally wake up in the middle of the night cringing at the memory. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We've all been there. Uh, I feel like that happened to me the other night. Like, I woke up in the middle of the night with like a repressed memory. Oh, Jesus. Like one that I had not remembered. And I, I must have shoved that all the way back down because I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> you just woke up like, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, like sweating. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, I feel like you need to hear it. So here goes. I started dating a man while in uni. We were young, 19 and 20. So to us, it seemed quite serious. I'll call him Nick. Nick grew up in the town our uni was in and to save money, still lived at home with his mom. A bit odd for me since I moved out at 17, but many of my friends also lived with their parents, so it wasn't too strange. Yeah, I feel like 20 yeah. is, you know, that's, yeah. I was still living at home at 20 because it's the year I moved to LA. So mm -hmm. I was like, what's the point of moving out? <laughs> right, to move out again. Yeah, just to move out again. So that's not too bad. Um, Nick's mom had him very young. So she was only in her mid to late 30s and he got on with her more like a friend than a parent. They were very close. So it was only natural that I would meet her pretty early on in the relationship. I got on well with her and she seemed to like me. All was well. One night, myself and Nick went out to see a movie, grabbed some pub food, and then headed back to his for the night. His mom, of course, was there too, but we just said a quick hello as we got in and then went off to bed. No problems. In the morning, we woke up still feeling a little frisky and proceeded to have some morning sex. Oh, God. Oh, uh, nice. God. <laughs> before we had to face the day. What are your thoughts on morning sex? Oh, I love I it. I feel like... Chris hates it, but I love it. I don't like it. I, I liked it at 19. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I'm too tired have, now. I'm grumpy. I have to be like mentally engaged to really enjoy sex. And I'm not a morning person. Mm. So if, if there's a way for him to wake my brain up, then my body will respond. But mostly, yeah, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm still like in the, in the fog stage yeah, yeah right exactly. i'm like don't so don't touch me i haven't had coffee yet. i right. now it's I like, very 19 year old thing you're right yeah you wake up with all kinds of energy you could like do jaeger bombs until 3 a.m and still have enough energy in the morning, morning for sex, sex. Yeah. but uh, now i'm 30 and i'm yeah. like if you <laughs> if you put your leg on my side of the bed before <laughs> i've had my coffee <laughs> yeah I know I like I like cuddles and stuff like that, but once I just I need some time to to wake up before going to Pound Town, you know. Well, <laughs> Pound Town. They were in it. So <laughs> she says uh, I was on top and had kicked the bed sheets down to the bottom of the bed, so we were both completely naked okay. going at it. That's very nineteen twenty. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> midway through, the unthinkable happens. The door opens and oh, no. in walks Nick's mom. <laughs> oh my god! And then, like, it's bad enough if your parent oh, walks god. in, but if your new boyfriend's nope. parent <laughs> walks in, uh, not missing a beat or even slightly ashamed, she proceeds to pick up dirty clothes from the floor. <gasps> no. And around the bed to no. put in the wash. No. 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 No, absolutely not. You, absolutely not. The only appropriate response is to literally, without saying a word, turn oh. around and close the door and That's leave. Right. 
That yes. is so fucking weird. Oh my god, it's no. So, it's no. so weird. It gets weirder. Uh, <laughs> she even stops to ask Nick if he has any more clothes that no. need to go in. <laughs> no. Absolutely Your not. Your son is literally inside some it, chick mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. asking him about fucking laundry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what she says. All while I am stark naked with Nick still literally inside me. No. <laughs> no. No. I no. would die. I would die. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how I am going. I am going to find a way to teleport myself yep. out of this house so that I don't have to see either one of you ever again. So ever fucked again. up is that it's like... Im- in my mm-hmm. head, I'm listening to you tell the story and I'm like, I get it that it's embarrassing and it's her shame receipt that she's writing in. But I'm like, no, that should be it's that mother's moms. shame receipt that she's like, yes. I can't believe I did that to that poor girl. I hope the mom oh, yes. wakes oh, up and has a shame receipt is like, that was so inappropriate. I want I bet I made her feel really fucking awkward and weird. Oh, so that's I that mom's shame doesn't. receipt. You're right, but I bet you she doesn't doesn't because I bet you she's done this shit before. Dude, I would never, I wouldn't even want to see my son again. I love my son. I'd be like, oh. Imagine, like what kind of, what in the free world hell are, in the free. Sorry, if my son had a girl in his room, if they were having sex or not, I wouldn't come in the door. You'd leave the house. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to go get coffee. We're done here. Like, I feel like this is some weird, like, culty free love shit like that i am not not here for i am not here for and like look nothing against <laughs> culty <laughs> weird <laughs> it's april it's april showers not trying, not trying to yuck your yum if you're into culty weird free love shit but like it's not for me okay <laughs> Oh my god. Not for me. Oh my god. Needless to say, I was mortified and desperately grabbed the bed sheets to cover myself while I died inside. Mm -hmm. But Nick seemed to think this intrusion wasn't a big deal and acted as if it was entirely normal. This is not normal. Three exclamation points. No, sir. No, it's not. It's not normal. Sir. It's very strange. Uh, we split up not too long after, but I still die of embarrassment every time I think of this story. Thanks for all the laughs. XX. Oh my um, God. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And Christina's right. You shouldn't be carrying that shame receipt. However, oh. I would be because I still I know oh, me too. Oh, oh. Oh no. Oh no. It's coming back. Um, I think I remember what actually woke me up. Oh, and it's, it's similar to this. Oh no. Uh, I forgot. So I, whenever I was like 18 or 19 and I was dating my ex and we would sleep over at his dad's house because he lived at his dad's and like, cause you know, we absolutely couldn't do that at my place. It was like my first time having sex, right? Like, and so we were doing it quite often. And at one point, I'm sitting in his bedroom, like during the day, and his dad comes in and like asks to see him. And like, so he goes, (gasps) then he comes back and he was like, he like sits me down and he's like, so we can't spend the night here anymore. (laughs) I was like, why? And he's like, um, because my dad can you hear you? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
wanted to die. I wanted I, to die. I pushed it down so deep. Keegan. Oh, my God. <laughs> so for those of you guys who haven't listened to the podcast oh. before, you've also told a story about being loud in a tent. Camping. I know. Oh, so can we God. assume What's that you were with just me? real fucking loud? <laughs> was, this is why they got WAP on fucking blast next door. They're like, God damn. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't. There's uh, like, nothing wrong with no, me. No, nothing. But, but the de- like, uh, and I don't uh. know which instance happened first. And uh, oh my god, uh, why? Why? Okay, I feel like I'm having like PTSD flashbacks. Oh no! Like it's like there's like a helicopter, like bombs oh, going no. off. Oh my god! Oh my god! Jesus! Oh, well, no. thank you so much for, <laughs> thank you so much for writing in with your story. Oh my god, that was uh, fucking hilarious. Oh my god! <sighs> well, my Our- story is gonna piss you off. Okay, you ready to be you ready to be angry? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm not going to tell you the headline of it. Um, I'm going to share it. This was from a, a Reddit post um, and anonymous. So, um, okay. So this is about four or five years ago when I was a grad school. I always had a lot of difficulty navigating the dating world and at least... Uh, And at least I finally know why I'm on the autism spectrum. So I have a lot of difficulty with eye contact, interpreting body language, facial expressions, and reading people's intentions. However, at the time, I didn't know I was on the spectrum. So I was super self-conscious about my lack of dating experience and was constantly questioning myself, felt stupid, and believed that anything that happened was always my fault. So... After some encouragement from some friends, I signed up for OkCupid and decided to give it a try. I received lots of requests for hookups, which I ignored because that's definitely not what I was looking for. I had some conversations with a few guys, but they were only short-lived. Finally, this guy, let's call him R, messaged me and seemed pretty interested and uh, interesting and charming. He messages me, <clears throat> he messages his messages, wow, I can't talk, were littered with compliments that were nice to hear, seeing as I had really low self-esteem at the time. He also worked as a musician. Mm. I was going to school for music. <laughs> yeah, okay, so a couple things here. And I hate that it has to be this way or like that this, I'm so jaded that I feel like this. But I do feel like if somebody off the bat before they know you at all is showering you with compliments mm. it feels very love bomby to mm. me like yeah. he's trying to manipulate your emotions because he doesn't know you sure exactly. you know? I completely agree I got so sketched out that for people that were like came on strong a, like that yeah I had a yeah. guy that you know like was like We'd be my girlfriend after like one date, and I was like, uh, "I'm like, we don't know each other. It's well, so yeah, we weird." What's your name again? <laughs> don't know each other. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, I was going to school for music, so it was nice to have that in common. I decided to give it a whirl and meet up for coffee. We get to the coffee shop, and he's waiting with a huge bouquet of roses. Mm. Spectacle usually makes Mm-mm. me very uncomfortable. I, Same. See again. And I understand how maybe this could be confusing for men. So I'm I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because we've all been raised on rom-coms. Yes. And so maybe they're getting mixed signals about like, this is what you do. You shower them with compliments. You bring them roses. But all of that stuff to me is like, this is so 
you're coming on really strong. Yeah, it's right. really forward. And like, again, we don't know each other. We're literally meeting for the first time. Roses are very romantic. And it's super, it is a spectacle. It is like you show up and somebody's got that big of a bouquet. Like I could see like maybe like a carnation or like a little small thing of like, you know, wildflowers or something like yeah. small, but, but that's- like a, roses such a it is a spectacle it's such a word for it yeah that's that's the thing is that the first date in quotes when you're doing online dating isn't Mm -hmm. even a date right it's a fucking meetup so when you come in with a big bouquet you're setting up these really weird expectations that yes these enormous amount of pressure on somebody it's like your first meetup we just want to get coffee it's just (laughs) Uh, that is just a yeah. meetup. You're like, okay, that's who you are and that's who I am because you can't get that sense through mm-hmm. swiping. You can't. So sure. don't make it fucking weird and throw out all these like a big giant bouquet of flowers where then now this person feels like obligated and weird yeah. and pressured. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So he pulls out the chair for me, uh, a chair out, gesturing me to take a seat. We began our date. After a series of compliments, he began to list all the things he absolutely would not tolerate in a relationship because he was, quote, was worth more than Mm -mm. that. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> I kind of figured, whoa, buddy, slow down. This is date one. But I also figured it seemed perfectly reasonable to state what you're looking for. But I mean, coming no. out strong. Yeah. To me, like I'm that's worth it. First of all, like him starting it with compliments again and then going into that whole like laundry list of do's and don'ts. Right. Feels again, very manipulative. Right. Like yeah. That feels manipulative. Yeah. Anyway, they ended. He paid for the coffee. I thanked him and agreed to a second date. The coffee date had been very brief because we had limited time and we're just meeting that day. And I didn't feel like I could get a good solid yes or no yet. Once I get home, R sends me a text saying that he had a great time and that he looks forward to our next date. I say thank you that I look forward to it too and then went to bed. The next day I go to class as usual. I put my phone on silent, turn it off while I'm in class because well, I'm in class. Once I have my first break, I look at my phone and see dozens of texts from Knew R. where that was going. Yep. And they started yeah, with. And you are not going to see me again because that is like, you already kind of pressured me with the flowers. You gave me all that weird. Oh, oh my God. I'm like heated. The red flags right are, you are flying. Not They're gonna, flying. You're going to be so hot after the end of this. They started with good morning and more compliments. But as they progressed, they sounded very angry that I was not responding. I texted him back. apologizing and saying I wasn't ignoring him and that I simply could not text him while I was in class. He called BS and on it saying it's not that hard to send a text. Okay. Okay. Ladies or anyone, gentlemen, anyone who is listening right now, if anybody does that to you where they blow up your phone like that and then get upset with you, you are not entitled. And, And it doesn't even matter. Like even with people you're close to, just because they can reach you all the time does not mean that they deserve access to you all right. the time. Mm-hmm. No one deserves Stalkery access to like. you 100% of the time. And it's very controlling, especially this early on, but ever yep. to be yeah. this like insane about like responses and like yeah. making sure that you respond quickly enough. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm living my life. Like sometimes I don't have my phone right next to me by choice. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, such a red flag. 
essentially he says something along the lines of, I really should bail on you for being so rude and inconsiderate, but I'll give you an, give it another chance since you're so pretty and seem apologetic. This is a fucking Ugh. generation of men who Gross. grew up watching the pickup artist and thinking that negging women Ugh. is the way to get them to be interested in you as a quote alpha male. Like, Gross. fuck off. Gross. He also went on about how he was such a nice guy and all he wants is to have his kindness and effort be appreciated. So I assume everything is always my fault. I apologize. Our second date comes and we agreed to do something outdoors since I was dog sitting. He said he liked uh, liked dogs and that he didn't mind. So we went to an outlet mall where they had plenty of places to sit outside. The whole time we're walking around, I noticed that he refused to walk next to me and Mm -hmm. mostly stood very close behind me. He kept shifting around and I noticed he'd move himself to essentially act as a shield anytime another guy was anywhere near me. I asked him about it and he responded saying he's quote old school and was simply interested in looking after my safety. Seemed odd since I literally walking a large dog in public place in the broad daylight. I felt I felt like I was made out of glass the whole time. I this guy is these are classic like abuser moves exactly oh totally Mm -hmm. once we get to where we're eating and sit down art opens up with a barrage of concerns he has about me (laughs) he starts by saying I've insulted him by accepting all of his compliments without quote returning the favor with compliments of my own he said he didn't feel he deserved this because of how nice he had been I to me. I hate this person. I hate this person. I We've talked about a lot of shitheads on this podcast. Mm. And I mean, there are a lot of really bad dates and I can't go through all of them. But this type mm. of yes. guy it's is my probably, least favorite. Yeah. Yes. The yes. fucking worst. Honestly. I would rather have somebody be an outright asshole than a, a hundred, nice guy TM. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. Being the naive idiot I was, I thought it was uh, somehow made sense. I internally screamed at myself for being rude since R is not the first person to accuse me of being rude for something I didn't even realize I was doing. He also said that since this was date number two, he was, quote, making an investment. I don't. Women don't owe you shit. Actually, no no one owes you anything. Like nobody owes you anything. You are making a choice to go on a date with someone. You are making a choice to spend your time and your money to do this thing. No one's twisting your fucking arm. No, no, he's making an investment. That's not how relationships work, sir. It's disgusting. (laughs) And that I needed to do the same. He told me that even though we weren't a quote official that he expected any woman he went on more than one date with to be exclusively seeing him and nobody else he didn't want to put in the money and effort if it meant she'd only pick someone else i was literally being talked to like i was a child okay there are no guarantees in life there are no guarantees in order to try and make dating work relationships work you are there is a risk factor there's risk Mm -hmm. involved financial emotional what have you that's what you are going into okay like no one owes you shit yeah no matter how much money or time or whatever you put in the harder that you try to grip onto a relationship, mm-hmm. the harder you try to grip onto somebody, it's like holding a handful of sand. It's just going to fall right through your fingers. Like mm-hmm. y- it does not work that way. You cannot suffocate someone. You cannot control that person. You cannot make it so that they'll never leave you. That's not how it works. You're just pushing them farther away. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't say anything at the time because I actually felt like I was in the wrong and completely froze. Once we finished eating, I offered to split the bill with him since I didn't want him to feel that he needed to pay for everything. I told him uh, it would make me feel better knowing I'd contributed. I responded by saying no and that I could contribute by showing him appreciation he deserved. After the date ended, I felt completely burned out and exhausted. A few days later, I went to lunch with some of my guy friends who had lots of questions about my date. I didn't really want to talk to them about it because I was embarrassed and confused, but agreed because they all seemed so excited. I asked for as much dating advice as I could uh, since I'd I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like I was disappointing R. When they asked me to elaborate, I explained what happened. They seemed shocked and super upset. Mm -hmm. Again, I thought it was me, but to my surprise, they were all pissed at him and explained that it was super predatory behavior. Mm -hmm. They explained to me what quote, nice guy was, and that R was trying to weaponize my misplaced guilt and issues with low self-esteem to paint himself as this amazing man that's been victimized and taken for a ride. Needless to say. (laughs) Here's the thing. Even if this was a man who was dealing with having been jaded, he's been hurt before, whatever. Even if that's the case, you're not a therapy center. Mm -hmm. It is not your job to take care of him, help him mm-hmm. work through his issues or what the fuck ever. If you leave a date, a second date, especially a first or second date, feeling confused and ashamed, there are 7 billion people on this planet mm-hmm. and he ain't the one, sis. That's yep. right. Needless to say, I told R that I didn't think it was going to work out and no longer wanted to see him. Of course, he complained that, quote, nice guys finish last and that I wasted his time and money by leading him on. I'm much more verbal now with friends if something doesn't feel right and aware that I if, if you and aware that if you have to constantly talk about how nice you are, you probably putting up with a front. So, yeah, nice guys. Never again. Girl, yep. I'm I just have to say I'm so happy that you have this mm-hmm. group of friends because mm-hmm. especially guy friends, yes. especially guy friends that they were interested in mm-hmm. hearing about you know your personal life and what you had to say and that they didn't hesitate to tell you that that is not normal behavior because yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like women for a long time you know we're kind of like oh men are from mars women are from venus they're just <laughs> unknowable beings uh, you know what i mean and it's like that's not so we we sometimes i feel like do let things slide sure because we're like i don't know but it's nice that you have male friends who can step in and say absolutely not this well, isn't normal and i think if this podcast teaches anybody anything it is you gotta have friends because yeah. friends don't let friends date quote nice guys and uh-huh. this this whole situation was just shit and it sucks too because i think i think that you know it, i'm i'm glad that we have somebody with the perspective of having uh you know um autism, autism yeah thank you or on the spectrum you know and and their thoughts on it but this can happen to anybody you and, don't have to be has, on the spectrum to uh, have somebody victimize you in this way. we've had stories on this podcast before that people have written in and i'm sure that all of us have had experiences maybe not this aggressive but we've all had experiences where people gaslight you mm-hmm. like that and tell mm-hmm. you that like you, whatever you're feeling try and make you feel like whatever you're feeling is it it not justified yeah <laughs> wow uh you know so it's it's not you it's them 100 yeah. percent of the time glad you, know, you in situations that. like that 
Hopefully you found something better. Probably Amen. off. Probably not on OkCupid. Okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sharing a story from Reddit today, and it starts thusly. <sighs> Strap in. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> I've been seeing someone casually. We would normally meet up after each of us got off of work, have some drinks and laughs, and go back to mine or her apartment. It was a good deal. We really enjoyed each other's company, and the physical chemistry was really strong. She left on a six-week trip overseas, and we talked occasionally in that time. I started to miss having her around and thought, maybe I should be taking this more seriously. When she got back, we decided to go on our first proper date in the four months or so that we had been seeing each other. We go to the restaurant, and before the waiter even brings us our appetizer, she gets strangely hostile. I got a very direct and accusing How many people did you sleep with when I was away? Whoa. 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 Hey, pump them brakes. Did you sleep with the register girl at work? It came out of left field for me, and the answer was no. I didn't know where me and her were at the time, but it still felt kind of wrong to me. Conversation changed and became pleasant again, and then, again, completely unprompted, she says, my friends don't like you. What, what the fuck? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Why Do you want to be here, ma'am? <laughs> oh, my God. All I could think to say was, that's too bad. I like them. I'm starting to feel something pretty wrong at this point. We went to Guardians of the Galaxy, and she's still being negative. That movie was stupid. I fell asleep during it. What? what? I know. Cassie, I was like, Cassie's not going to like that. I'm like, like, I will fight her on the street. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go home and have a drink then. So we're at her apartment pool. And again, it's accusations about work, girl. I'm tired at this point. So let's go inside. Argument somehow turns into kissing and more. So not so bad, right? We have no, this is going uh, south. We have sex and I last like an embarrassingly short amount oh. of time. It had been six weeks. Well, she's yeah, she's texting all of her friends who do not like you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bummer. She was furious. She's texting that register girl. <laughs> <laughs> and for once in the date, it was not unfounded. We go back Wait, to the Wait, no. Pool. Okay, Wait. but stop, stop. Yeah. Like, y- you should not get furious about it. You can be, like, maybe mildly disappointed sure. in, 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 like, the fact that he didn't last as long as you wanted. But I'm sorry. I don't think you get to be furious about that. Yeah, that seems extra. Okay. I think I'm kind of weird as a girl. I take it I do as that. a point of pride if somebody... If they go, if oh, they do if it they fast, do fast, I'm like, yeah. I didn't even say you get I mad. Fucking it's because you, you're it. wet and gushy. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the pool with drinks, and she's still grilling me about work, girl. I oh, finally realize she's projecting a guilty mm. conscience because mm. she fucked somebody during those six weeks. Mm. Oh, honey. Mm. <gasps> And oh, it I, just got good. I'm vacuuming the grass so hard now. I'm right? like, up and You're like, I'm just going to clean this pool real quick while you guys drink your They're cocktails. like, do you need to stand that close? <laughs> no, I just got to clean the pool. No big deal. I ask, did you sleep with somebody? Her. I don't know how to answer that. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. How old are these people? How, are we talking like, are we talking like 18? That's an answer. I don't know how to answer that as an answer. Because yeah, if it but, was no, it would just be no. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, like, why would she bring it up so many times? Like, after he said no the first time or two, like, maybe just drop it and move on if if you're at all interested in having a relationship with this person. You're not. And you're trying to have it be his fault and not yours. That's what's happening. You want to end this relationship, but you don't want it to be your fault, even though it's fucking clearly your fucking fault. So he says, well, I don't care if you did. You're not my girlfriend. If you were, you wouldn't have done it. Now, warning. If you Uh can be grossed out fairly easily, (gasps) now is the time to stop breeding. Stop it. Oh, no. Oh, no. How is this going to go in a gross direction? I didn't see this happening. I didn't see this coming. (laughs) No. I don't know what to do. I'm so nervous. Her attitude improved after the initial shock. We go back in and start having sex again, but something is wrong. No. No. Very wrong. No. I can feel something rubbing against part of my head of my penis during strokes until eventually it becomes extremely painful. No. I stop and look down. No. No. Part of my head looks like someone took a light sander to it. it. Stop it. Like a scraped knee. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Why? What happened? His his dick helmet is scraped (gasps) like a knee. I'm grabbing my own vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? What's in there? What's in the box? What's oh, in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh no! I don't understand. I'm so she nervous. somehow blames me. I calm what? her down and reach into her <gasps> cervix and press on the object there. No. She says she can't feel what I'm pressing on, and I tell her it's a foreign body, and she <gasps> has to see an OBGYN soon. The next morning, I drive her back in complete silence for 20 minutes. The only thing I say was, please see an OB. I get a text a few hours later saying, it was a week old tampon and they (gasps) removed it. (laughs) What in the toxic shock? I cannot. Why is it so hard? Why, why? Why is it so it has, sharp? It's calcified. It's like, <laughs> why is it so oh. sharp? I. What? I don't know. Do you think she's lying? No. I mean, next... why would you lie about that? If I was gonna lie, what make it, it like a condom or something. Whoa. Like I wouldn't be like I left a tampon in for a week. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I spent the guys. next ten days letting my dick heal and putting <gasps> antibiotic ointment oh. on it. Oh, Oh my god, you got oh. a neosporin. Oh. Your dickhead. <laughs> oh my god, Christina. <laughs> Sorry. That was that was the worst oh. date. <laughs> you think? I think that actually is the worst date. That I'm might have that up. might That's disgusting. Oh my god. That's well, Oh my god, he, well, he he his dick got scraped. Yeah. Wow. By, by a, a week old tampon. How? It's like fossilized I, in her vagina. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. Well, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I did not see that going that direction at all. Oh. 
uh, a banger. Right. Well, there is literally never a good way to transition Whoa. between something like that and mm-hmm. a crazy in love. There's mm-hmm. no good way to do it. Wow. Huh. I am shooketh. Yeah, me too. I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> all right. So for my crazy in love, <laughs> I'm a little conflicted about doing this one. But I had a really busy week and it's something that had been on my list for a long time and I was like more than halfway through my notes before I was thinking about like, maybe I should do something else. And at that point I was like, no, you're committed. I don't want to start all over. We're yeah. here. So um, I decided to do this one and I first heard this story on a podcast that I no longer listen to, uh, but I'd never heard of this before and I'm pretty sure that you guys probably have okay i am going to be talking about bjork's stalker oh oh my god wait so you know that my husband's absolute favorite person yes musician in the entire world bjork yes which also by the way i learned whenever i was doing sorry it's really really fucked up and the reason why i was uh kind of conflicted about doing it is because it's really not about Bjork at all and so I'm doing the (laughs) notes and it's like it's not about Bjork really at all it rarely ever is about the person that's being stalked yeah but I feel like even with like Rebecca Schaefer Mm -hmm. or like other people there was a lot more I don't I don't know it's hard to explain we'll we'll go through it but what I learned while I was doing this is that did you guys know that her name is not pronounced Bjork Mm-mm. It's Bjork, like mm. jerk. Bjork. Oh, Bjork is how you pronounce her name. But um, for in the interest of not having to stop and right. correct myself every second, I'm going to just say Bjork yeah. throughout this. The artist known as Bjork. Yeah. So first of all, this guy was obviously incredibly unwell. And when I listened to that podcast, they aired a lot of um, clips from his video diary Mm. and I listened to a lot of it but I hadn't remembered a lot of it so I went and it is available Uh, his video diaries are available online I watched way more of it than I should have and I highly advise against watching any of it because it's, it's a very it's very disturbing um, okay, so Ricardo Lopez was born on January 14th, 1975 in Uruguay into a middle class family and they did have the means to relocate to the United States. So they did sh- did so when he was very young and they settled in Georgia before eventually ending up in Hollywood, Florida. And his family life, I mean, there's there don't seem to be a lot of red flags in his childhood. He was easygoing. People said, you know, he was introverted. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, sometimes when you do these stories, it's like, oh God, wow, they had like a really dramatic right. childhood. That's not really the case here. But he does seem to be kind of like an OG incel in that he did not get a lot of attention or really any attention from girls and he barely had any friends he did suffer from gynecomastia which Mm, is that um disorder that causes male breast tissue to grow abnormally large so yes so i i can empathize with him so mean Mm, Mm -hmm. the worst yeah absolutely so i i 
can empathize with him because getting friends, that's got to be hard. You're in the locker room with guys, that's difficult. And, you know, having female friendships or relationships is also difficult, especially if you're an introverted person already and you're not outgoing. So um, he would often talk about in not only his video diaries, but all of his journals, which we'll talk about how many of those there were. Oh, geez. that he felt really inadequate and he would oscillate between talking about being really resentful towards women and being completely uninterested, um, which is probably a defense mechanism yeah. because, right. right. You yeah, know, it's like, I don't even care that they don't like me. I don't care. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's like those people who are like, Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so hot. And then you're like, reject them. Fuck you. You're yeah. fucking ugly. You're yeah, like, exactly. Oh, you're okay. like, well, I was literally hot three cool. seconds ago, but that's fine. So he does drop out of high school and he has aspirations to become a famous artist. However, he is denied entry into art school. And this, of Hmm. course, if you already have super low um, self-esteem, now you're spiraling into deeper feelings of like inferiority and depression. I think especially Mm -hmm. with art, too, because it's such a so personal, so personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one thing when you get like rejected to like the college of your dreams based on your grades or whatever right yeah you're right it's like if it's something to do with like art music writing something that's such a part of you does feel like you're not good enough in a way Mm -hmm. that those other things it's even deeper and also like i if you have aspirations anyone who has aspirations for fame in any aspect i feel like there is oftentimes an element of like you want to prove to people that you're good enough, um, like in a very public way. And mm-hmm. when he wasn't getting any kind of like, he probably wasn't getting the attention that he wanted from people in school. This may have been a way for him to seek that, you know, just speculating. But mm-hmm. so then that's denied from you because you, you're you denied entry into art school. Like, you yeah. Know. Makes you feel even worse. So he started working part-time as an exterminator with his brother's pest control business at this time. And he's very young at this point because he dropped out of high school. So he's 17. And by the time he's 17, he's pretty much a social recluse. He didn't really uh, have any friends and he was spending hours in his apartment. And he became really obsessed with like magazines like of celebrities like people Mm -hmm. gossip magazines basically uh and just very fascinated and fixated on celebrity culture so in 1993 when he was 18 he watched a video of bjork and he became instantly infatuated with her instantly obsessed with her and for our younger listeners (laughs) Let's just say who Bjork is. So for our younger (laughs) listeners who aren't familiar, Bjork is an Icelandic alternative musician. Um, She was in a band when she was really young. And then she's so cute. And then she moved to London to pursue a career as a solo artist where she blew up on the alternative scene. And she's very unique. I mean, even Mm -hmm. to this day, I've loved her since the sugar cubes. Her voice is uh, just incredible. And it's yeah. it's fascinating and it's scope yeah. and yeah I dude I I love Bjork I've loved yeah. Bjork for a long yeah. time too yeah yeah 
So he immediately starts learning everything he can about her and he starts sending her fan letters and she became his artistic muse. So he, I mean, she inspired him to start working on his art again because he had basically, after he was rejected from art school, had kind of like let that go. And then he kind of credited Bjork with reigniting that like interest in art so as we know like that can make the infatuation Mm -hmm. even more intense you know so he writes in his diary that he just he described his infatuation with her as giving him a euphoric feeling like he would go to work all day as a exterminator and he would get to come home and fantasize about Bjork mm. and it was like an escape for him you know because he did not like working as a exterminator he I mean, yeah. talked at length about how much he disliked it and thought that it made him like, he talks all the time about how he's such a gross person and that this makes him even grosser he's not making enough money all of these things he puts himself down pretty much constantly so As time went on, his fantasies become more and more disconnected from reality. He became even more reclusive and he would write about Bjork in his diary every single day until it grew to 803 pages spread across several volumes of notebooks. So he had a bunch of composition notebooks that he filled just volume after volume. Dear diary. Dear diary, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) No shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. And he wrote about This meatloaf wasn't great. <laughs> like also you're like I literally love writing. <laughs> he well he wrote about how um he longed to quote have an effect on her life and he fantasized about building a time mas- machine so that he could go back to the 70s and become friends with Bjork when she was a child. But his interest in her is a little confusing. Like, it's all over the map because at times he refers to her as a sister type figure, um, at times like a mother type figure. And he says in one diary entry, quote, I couldn't have sex with Bjork because I love her. Uh, <laughs> so it's okay. it's so it's his he talks about her in this kind of protective way, but he also talks about her sometimes in what seems to be kind of a romantic way, but never in a sexual way. Hmm. So it's, it's a strange, it's strange. Do you think, do you think he, oh, I'm trying to think of the word where he's like projected onto her. It's like everything right. he wishes he was. Yes. Yes. I, I think where, that that is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Where it is, it is almost like it, he, that he found like his self visualization was Bjork, and he's like, it had to have built frustration in him all the different ways that he wasn't her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I definitely think that there's an element of that for sure in here. Like she was this incredible because you know not every entertainer is an artist, but mm-hmm. Bjork is an artist. Yeah, and Absolutely. if he wants to be, I I do think that there's an element of him wanting to be that and have that and achieve that kind of fame as an artist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but his diaries are super disturbing, not only because of his obsession with Bjork, but also because he talks so constantly. You you cannot talk about yourself like this 
every day. You mm-hmm. can't play these tapes in your head every day about how disgusting you are, what a loser you are, how much you hate yourself, mm-hmm. because that shit will it will have an effect. It will sink in. It's the same that, way we were talking about doing gratitude every day and how yep. that habit can change your brain. Mm-hmm. Talking mean to yourself mm-hmm. every day can totally fuck you up. Well, and also as a Midwesterner, we're taught like humility, which sometimes mm-hmm. I think brands itself. Like I tend to be very self-deprecating and yes. I had to really fucking stop that. Really stop saying things that are quote unquote jokes about yourself because mm-hmm. that shit sticks. Self-deprecation yep. done constantly day in and day out literally like wears down your self-esteem so just stop doing it it's not funny and it's also it's not funny for the people around you when you start making like jokes on yourself like that like people get concerned there it's not funny to them either so let's cut that habit out people don't know how to react to it either because it's, it's like nobody who yeah. loves you is going to agree with you. Right. You know, uh, if you say something shitty about yourself. So uh, yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. So the diary contained 168 references to his feelings of failure, 34 references to suicide, 14 references to murder and 408 references to Bjork. Despite all of that, he insists several times that he is not depressed or mentally ill. So it's it's I'm telling you again, don't go watch the tapes, but I'm telling you they're so confusing because at times he seems very self-aware. And I mean, it's all it's all a little crazy, but he does seem somewhat self-aware and seems to acknowledge that like he's not. He's depressed, you know, but then he'll turn around and be like, I'm not depressed. Like my family is eventually his family gets worried about him. And he's like, I'm not there's nothing wrong with me. But that's that's what we've nailed down in this podcast time and time again. You're talking about somebody that that doesn't have beyond like familial connections like friendship. And there are ways that friendship grounds you and changes you and allows for growth and it's such and holds a big you accountable. Part, yeah. Yeah. Of who we are as humans. And so if you're talking about somebody that is so isolated, they've lived in their head. And that's a dangerous yes. place to live yes. by yourself. Exactly. That is such a good way of putting it. Yes. He lives in his head. His internal life is very strong. Much mm-hmm. like that is one thing that comes through on the videos is like much stronger than his actual life so Mm -hmm. um on his birthday january 14th 1996 so his 21st birthday which i will also say he does not look 21 oh (laughs) i don't know if people just looked older in 1996 or uh or if it was him it was probably him uh but eventually he would make 11 two-hour tapes that's a lot 11 two-hour tapes yes 22 hours of taping yes of VHS tapes. Mm. And Oof. in the first Oof. video, it's it's like you're literally not doing anything else. Like that's the thing that's so worrisome. Again, like if you had friends, 
they would keep you accountable. They'd mm-hmm. be checking in on you. You would be hopefully going out and doing things. You wouldn't have the time to fill, you know, volume after volume of diaries or videotapes. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I don't yeah. have the time for that. <laughs> right. I literally yeah. don't. <laughs> no. Um. So in the first video, you see him talking to the camera. He's explaining that it's his birthday and he bought this camera to document his life. Then he pretty quickly in in the video pulls up a CD cover picture of Bjork and he asks his audience, which anyway, anyway, uh, he asks the audience to look at her, quote, sweet, angelic face and then trigger warning (laughs) because Uh. this hit me really hard. I forgot this and um was not good for me <laughs> to hear it as much, as much as he said it. So uh, he then says, can you believe she's fucking an N-word? <gasps> and he goes on to repeat the word over <gasps> and over, getting obscenely close to the camera, like right, just <sighs> lips and teeth, um, which oh was my God. really aggressive. Uh, yeah. And so earlier... He had read an article. The reason why he bought this camera uh, is because earlier in the week, he had read an article in Entertainment Weekly that mentioned that Bjork was in a romantic relationship with a black musician named Goldie. So his bigotry is super apparent uh, in the video as he goes on to say that he has nothing personally against Goldie uh, other than the fact that he's a black man, not the word that he used, uh, and that Bjork being with him is simply unacceptable. Oh, my God. It's unacceptable to him. So he says that he doesn't blame Goldie for this. He blames Bjork. And outside of the obvious relationship, uh, uh, obvious racism, sorry, he also feels betrayed that she's in a relationship at all. (laughs) which is so again so strange because he doesn't seem to want a sexual relationship with Bjork but he doesn't want her to have lovers period especially not people who he deems to be lesser than him at one point in the tape he talks about how he thinks of himself as a cockroach which is a really again demeaning way to speak to yourself but that he thinks if that's what he thinks of himself exactly what is he think of he he literally says it i'm not going to say what he thinks of black people but yes he thinks that they are less than cockroaches yes wow so yes uh in one um diary entry before he bought his camera so after he read the entertainment weekly article he obviously had some kind of crisis uh he went and he wrote in his journal i'm just going to have to kill her i'm going to send a package i'm going to be sending her to hell And he went on to say how he wanted to inflict his pain onto Bjork. So during his first video, he explains that he's made the decision to kill Bjork and that that is part of the reason why he bought the camera was to document the progression of events that would lead up to him killing Bjork. So he describes that he wants to send Bjork a package to her house disguised as an interactive book that she would have to open. And initially, he wanted to send her a... This is the most fucked up thing. Like, this is the kind of mind we're dealing with. Initially, he wanted to send her a letter bomb filled with HIV-contaminated syringes. But obviously, that wasn't feasible. 
<laughs> weeks oh go on God. and he's like the hiv plan's not going to work out because i can't get my hands on hiv it's like well oh my fucking god but wow. what a, what a sick person that that would be right the way you wanted to do this so eventually he settles upon constructing a bomb using sulfuric acid and placing it inside a hollowed out book and the device was designed so that when bjork opened it it would um trigger a trigger would hurl acid all over her face jesus christ and that it would either kill her or permanently disfigure her Mm. so He planned to send it from her record label and also forged a letter from her record company telling her the book was for a future project. So after um, he had planned on after he sent the package, the plan was for him to um, kill himself so that the two could be reunited in heaven and spend eternity together okay 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 it's all over the place it's wild yeah Mm. you hate her so much that you want to permanently disfigure her or kill her but yet you want to be reunited in heaven yes this is like how dangerous self-hatred is honestly because it doesn't make any sense and also there's something self-preservationist about humans that when things get so dark, when you're talking like suicide or something, it starts to project outwards. And that's when people get fucking dangerous and they start hurting mm-hmm. other people. Right. I mean, well, he, he even says at one point in the tapes that like he, when he finally decides that he's going to kill himself at the end of it, um, when it's all over, because initially he was trying to figure out how to not get caught. He actually bought um, Mindhunter. Oh, <laughs> he, my he God. He bought, like, and he shows the camera. He bought, like, a bunch of true crime books because initially he was going to try and get away with it. But then he decided, like, no, I'm not going to worry about wiping my fingerprints off or doing whatever because I'm um, going to kill myself anyway. So... Mm. That And then he goes on to say, like, there's nothing more dangerous than somebody who doesn't have anything to lose. And that's exactly Exactly it. If if you're not afraid of of dying or consequences or anything, um, then, yeah. Uh, So the last step in his plan was to obtain Bjork's home address in London. And at the time, such addresses were available for as little as $5 from celebrity services that give away personal details for money. Fuck is wrong Mm. with people. I don't know. The human race is. Yeah. So the, the video diary entries just get more and more bizarre as they go on often in them. Another reason why none of you should watch them. Um, he is naked (laughs) oftentimes in these videos and he is constantly degrading himself. He shows like basically like a video tour of his apartment. It is a disaster. Ugh. It is a disaster. He also shows a sculpture of Bjork that he's working on, which is super fucking creepy. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he's just I feel like when you get into such a state of depression that you just you just don't care about yourself at all like the house was it was very clear that that and when he was talking in one of the tapes he literally leans down picks up a shirt or a sheet or something off the ground blows his nose into it and then throws it back down on the ground no sir like that's the kind of mental situation we're dealing with here oh my god honey Mm. yeah yeah um he seems to have an understanding 
this is what I mean about how weird it is, because he seems to have an understanding about how strange his obsession with Bjork seems from the outside. Uh, he says in one video that he realizes that people will watch his tapes and say, you can't possibly be in love with someone you've never met, and then goes on to say that love is just a chemical reaction in the brain, and you don't have to meet someone to be in love with them. So he has an understanding of like, this is odd to most people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But mm-hmm. he has an answer for it, you know. All right. So we're going to fast forward because we don't need to, any more info on him. I was starting to get really grossed out. Yeah. Diving in. Yes. So uh, everyone gets the gist. So once he's secured Bjork's home address for almost no money, he <sighs> goes about constructing his device. And he, like, shows him building it, like, the entire process. Um, he's trying to figure out the best way to send sulfuric acid um, while also trying to decide how he wanted to go about ending his own life because he wanted to have both plans figured out before he sent the package. So at this point, he is almost completely agoraphobic. He has lost his job. His utilities are starting to be shut off because he can't pay his bills. Uh, and like I said, he's reading a lot of true crime. And at this time, his family is starting to notice that he is unwell and they try to get him to see someone for his depression and his parents try to get him to move in with them but he refuses Mm. so he um, started really building the device in earnest in July and again he documents the entire process on the last day before he mails it he shows himself adding the sulfuric acid to the package while a video of a Bjork interview plays in the background. Jesus. On September the 12th of 1996, so really, I mean, he, he's done this since January. So <clears throat> January to September, nine months, he is ready to send it. So he packaged up the device and he sent it to Bjork's London address. After returning from the post office at about 9.30 in the morning, he says that the plan went off without a hitch. And even though he's not 100% sure whether or not it will actually make it to Bjork, he says, quote, at least I can say I gave it a real effort. Wow. Wow. So he also says at this point that he's not going to take his life yet because the neighbors are around, but he will do it soon. And this is the part of the video where it gets really like really strange. And I, okay. So he takes a pair of kitchen shears and he cuts off all of his hair and then he shaves his head and his eyebrows. And then he covers his face with green and red face paint. Like he looks like Darth Maul. It's so bizarre and he's making very grotesque faces at the camera um and i read something more than depression yes that's terrifying this person is very scary unwell yes and someone uh, i had read something where you know uh, someone had said that it's possible that he did that because like you said human beings have a very strong need to protect ourselves uh, and preserve our life and that he tried to make himself look as grotesque as possible because to then it's unrecognizable to himself. To himself. Wow. So yeah. it didn't look like him. Um, he has covered his wall with pictures of Bjork that have been cut out of magazines. 
And he, I can't imagine the people who showed up to this apartment. It, it looked like something out of a horror film because he's got pictures of Bjork covering the wall and then next to it, written in grease paint, it says the eight millimeter tapes are documentation of a crime and then he has an arrow to the stack of VHS tapes and it says terrorist material, therefore the FBI. That's fucking terrifying. That's like that fucking movie that dude face made me watch the Sinister or whatever. I'm like, don't play the tapes. Mm -hmm. Don't fucking Don't ever play, the, play tapes. the tapes. Ever. But they had to play the tapes. Yeah. So um, he's also scrawled anti-black racist slurs on the wall. Um, and around 1245, he sits down on his couch. There is a still image behind him of Bjork on his TV. And he gives his last words. Again, it's so fucking confusing because... Uh, one of in, in his last words, he says, fuck Bjork <laughs> and then has wow. a lot more racist language about her relationship with Goldie. Um, and then he starts listening to the song. I remember you by Bjork. It starts playing because he'd been listening to Bjork. But he, <sighs> I, uh, OK, so he'd been listening to Bjork and it's you can tell that he's having a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And so when I remember you starts playing, he says that this is the last song. He said, he's, you can tell he's gearing himself up. He's like, mm-hmm. at the end of this, we're done. So at the end of the song, he says, this is for you before pulling the trigger. Mm. Mm. So four days later, the apartment below Lopez noticed oh, what appeared to be blood seeping out of the ceiling oh my god you move out of that place immediately Uh oh yeah Uh we're done yeah so um they notice blood coming out of their walls the walls are bleeding (gasps) oh my god and so they call the police i'd have called a priest yeah we um, got an exorcism jesus so the cops arrive and they find lopez's body um surrounded by a heap of videotapes and since uh there was one still in the camera titled The Last Day. And so, therefore, that was the first one that they watched. So, luckily, they watched that. It detailed kind of like the whole plan. Um, you know, it had the date of when he went and mailed the package. So, they estimated that it would take five days for the package oh, um, mailed in Florida to reach a London address. And it was four days in. Oh, my so God. So they called Scotland Yard. <laughs> they were like, hey, this is the deal. This is what we're concerned about. We don't know because Scotland Yard has not released the information of how they were able to track this package down. But they were able to track the package down at a um, London post office. Thank God. The next stop was Bjork's home. No So way. they got there really like seriously right in time. So right after the bomb was found, Bjork emerged from her home. You can watch her. She looks like a like a shaken kitten. Like she looks like she's in shock, you know, oh and she's she's clearly yes. shaken and she's very like soft spoken. But she says, you know, she was more worried about her son. She had a small son yeah. at home at this time. Like what happened if he'd opened the package or oh anything? Like she was more concerned about her son than she was for herself. But she's so she's such a compassionate human being. She's saying like, of course it's terrible. Like that this person 
did this and like and and died like she seemed very upset that this person was had died and Mm -hmm. she actually sent a condolence card and flowers to lopez's family Mm -hmm. uh, after wow can you imagine (sighs) so that's it (laughs) i felt very conflicted about doing this one because one i don't obsession stories are so they're so scary and i Anytime you're dealing with mental illness, also, I feel like you have to do it delicately. Delicately. Right. Yeah. And then also, I don't want to glorify or glamorize or make anybody want to seek out this material mm-hmm. because I regret having watched as much of it as I did. And I didn't watch all of it. Um, so I, I really, I know I can't stop anyone now that I've put it out there, but like, I would encourage you not to do that but it isn't it, i mean it's a fascinating case there's a reason why people talk about it no that's uh, i the, i didn't know like a lot of the details about him of course i knew the the thing happened but i think it's a really unique crazy and love in that mm-hmm. a lot of times we're talking about you know what happens when love turns wrong or something like that between a, two people but like what mm-hmm. what happens when it's one sided. When, when it when it's one sided or when you when you don't love yourself, when that self love goes crazy or goes awry. Yes, like look how yes. many people you can hurt. Um, I think that's really, really fascinating. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I didn't know I mean I of course knew some of it, but I didn't have never really done much of a deep dive on it. So that's well, now you don't have to. No, thank you. I won't. <laughs> I will not. Well, what are you guys uh, getting into this week? That's uh... oh, oh dear. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I've got a couple things, but first of all, Christina. Yes, I have. Oh, been watching Unwell. <laughs> and what do you think? Listen, it is a good show. Like, um, but I it's definitely I love frustrating, isn't it's it? It's so frustrating. And I never thought that I was such a skeptic. Like, I feel like such a square watching this yeah. show because I'm every time somebody talks about something, I'm like, you're like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I don't want to be like that because I'm like, I don't want to discredit like anyone's positive experiences if it worked for you. Like, Cool. The, the bee sting one made Dude. me see fire, though. The it, bee sting one, man. Okay, so what we're talking about is there's a show on Netflix that's all about like the wellness, quote unquote, community or movement. And so each week they focus on like a different kind of like wellness trend. So there's like essential oils is the first one, which will make you see fire because of <laughs> the predatory everything. nature of MLMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, then there's one on bee stings. I cannot bring myself to watch the one where they're all drinking the breast mo- milk. Mother's milk. <laughs> I feel mother's like milk. I can't. I feel can't. like I, I I will work myself up to it, but I'm mm. not there yet. So it's been a wild ride. You let me tell you. You told me about it. Keegan, I knew you were watching it. And I literally three times this week was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch this. Sh- and I can't. The, the, the essential oils episode yes. is actually really good. I I, I would mm-hmm. recommend watching that one for sure. I mean, and they're all they're yeah. all good. It's just man, there are varying degrees of loathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like one of the favorite type of programs for Eric and I to watch together mm-hmm. is to just sit on the couch and literally <gasps> rip 
on these people <laughs> a thousand percent. And it just Dude, gives us such joy. The Action Park show is out now. Is no, it's it tomorrow. I thought it's tomorrow. Oh no, it's already no, out. No, it was like two days ago. It was like <gasps> yeah, like, yeah. I think I'm so I might have to watch, to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me that, too. that one looks good. Uh, okay, so the other thing that I watched last night uh, was we watched Bill and Ted Face the Music, the third one, the oh. third Bill and Ted. Oh, movie. it's out. Yeah, I thought yeah. it's, I I thought it's it the out. fourth one. No, it's third. the third one. I'm working oh, on it okay. for work, so I tr- it's the third one. Um, <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> okay I have complicated thoughts about it so I actually got a lot of nostalgic joy watching mm-hmm. Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves together and mm-hmm. their scenes I enjoyed that a lot but the whole thing is that like they're old and now they have daughters and like the daughters are like in it but they're the daughters are also supposed to be like Bill and Ted and mm. that kind of over the top like acting like this like it doesn't work uh, it, it, it it just didn't translate it just didn't translate and like the one who's playing Keanu Reeves's daughter is like she watched both the Bill and Ted movies and she just is doing an imitation of Keanu Reeves uh. from the 80s and like that it, it doesn't work but if you liked the original you will find moments that are nostalgic and cute yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Well, all right. Yeah. I didn't even know it was out yet. That's crazy. I, um, well, speaking of journeys, uh, we started The Vow. Oh, Jesus. <gasps> I, how is it so far? Um, I got to be honest with you. It's, I'm in a weird headspace about it, um, which is why this is what I decided to talk about instead of the sexy books I'm reading. <laughs> um, so I'm in a smut kick, but uh, The Vow is, so it's the Nexium documentary that they're doing. Yep. And it is, this first episode, it is like, it's hard because literally Chris and I are like looking at each other like, there's a lot of really good principles here. Like what the foundation of this is and the idea that you're... Well, that's how cults work. Yeah. And that's I'm like, how they work. But I'm like, you can see how somebody could get trapped into it. And, and you look at it and you're like, this is could be really good information. The things that they're... Some of the th- thoughts that they're talking about could be great information. And how did it go from this and turn into I mean, a but fucking... But you can how do did, that with how did, any religion. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. any cult. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because like Jonestown... There's yeah. a great documentary about Jonestown. I think it's called Paradise Lost or something like that. But there's a great mm-hmm. documentary about Jonestown. And for the first half of it, yeah, if somebody mm-hmm. like it was all about racial equality and like yep. loving kindness and like, You're like why if can't it someone that? had come to my town in the 60s and been like, hey, you want to join us on this thing? I probably would have been like, yeah, that sounds great. Nobody, you know, but that's yeah. how cults work. Yeah, but nobody yeah. should have that much power. I think that's what it really comes down to. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Like, just that's, in that's general, not just in cults, but I mean, that's, just yeah. look around. Yeah. Well, it, oh. it, I mean, the the people in power have cults behind them. That's really, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, it is cult behavior. A lot of the things uh-huh. that, a hundred, you know, people even just now, like what we're going through, and just like our system of government, like people are cultish in their actions toward how they behave toward other people who don't see eye to eye with them i mean well that's why you can't you can't pledge allegiance to a party 
or a system. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be about the people. That's it right. always needs to be about your communities mm-hmm. and each other. Because the, the minute you get into being like deal, digging your heels in on a person, one mm-hmm. person or a party or any of those things, like, yeah, you lose sight of what you really think. That's what happens with cults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's what I'd heard about the vow. And I actually think that that's an interesting approach. I bet you as it goes on, of sure. course, they're going to pull away from. Yeah, that I mean, stuff. they already started like the end of this episode. It was like already like it was like, you know, you, you, you the cracks are starting to show, you know. Well, and yeah. people like Keith Raniere, because Behind the Bastards has episodes on Keith Raniere and people like Keith Raniere. They know how to manipulate people. Course, That's yeah. what makes them a good cult leader. So they're like, um, how can I get you hooked on it? Well, how about I introduce all these wonderful principles that mm-hmm. you want to live your life by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I recommend it. So far, so good. I'm very interested in it. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, we saw the first episode this week. And so this next one out should be out tomorrow, I think, Sunday. Nice. So. I have been watching and vacuuming the grass while watching <laughs> the new season of I am a killer. Oh shit. I am a killer released. Released. I saw it on my Netflix today. Oh my God. It is wild. Wild. This fucking dude face like had a traumatic childhood, wilded out and killed a subway guy and spent 30 years in prison. And then some chick that's like 71 years old started writing to him this lonely old woman and so then he gets paroled and he moves in with her no 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 no, no. the cameras are rolling ladies i am invested it is wow i'm like when is the shoe going to drop because this shit is going to go poorly real soon dude yep it's, Dude, I'm I, into it. Yeah, I've wow. only watched the first two episodes. I'm I'm hooked. Hook line. Is it just figure. about one person? It's so far that's what it seems like. It's just okay. about this guy that was that murdered somebody, admits he murdered somebody, and then was paroled after 30 years and is like okay. Back back wow. in the the world living with the and i'm like is he fucking scamming this shit like eric and oh, i yeah. are trying trying to fucking profile this guy like 100 because wow he, he was 21 when he hit jail and he's 51 now and shacking up with a 71 year old dude at one point he's like washing her goddamn feet oh oh and he, okay. he starts crying and she starts crying and Eric and I are like jaws on the floor. Ladies, you got about cults. Like that you shit gotta seems talk, like oh, cult shit. Watch it. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I'm nervous. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys have stuff that we should watch, uh, if you've got grass to vacuum, if mm. you have stories about terrible dates, please go to our one-stop shop of website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. We really appreciate you guys listening, and we love you so much. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.